it's exciting to stand here. It's a true privilege to stand here. And as, as Ralph said, I haven't done it for a little while. So um, I'm going to start by praying just briefly. But I just feel that that's important for me to do in this moment in time. So let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for the honour and the privilege that it is to share from your word today, to preach your word. Uh, Lord, I pray that it's nothing of my flesh, that you would move uh, through me by the power of your spirit. Uh, and Lord, that what you have to say today uh, through me as your preacher uh, would minister to all of us, um, would bring hope and healing, um, passion and power to us all, um, that we can go into all the world and make disciples as you commanded us to do before you left this earth. So we pray uh, for your presence here now. We pray um, that uh, what we're about to hear is, is edifying, um, is like, like honey to our souls. And uh, I pray all of this in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So about 2,800 years ago, a little bit of a throwback, there was this dude named Isaiah. Now, when I was practicing that, I kept saying Isaiah because my nephew's name's Isaiah. So if I say Isaiah, I mean Isaiah. But Isaiah, he was kicking around with the, the people of God, the Israelites, and he had a job. Now, most of us are used to an office or a hospital or a, um, we get around the streets or, or that sort of thing. Most people back then would be farmers, um, laborers, might be in the military. And that sort of thing. But Isaiah had a very particular job, and his particular job was to call God's people to trust in God. Otherwise known as a prophet, which I'm sure most of us have heard the term. This job was a very important job because Israel, God's people, were in vastly different circumstances. They were in exile, they were um, oppressed, they had different uh, leadership and rulers over them. Everything looked vastly different to what they might have hoped or thought or expected uh, in terms of the situation they were in. So Isaiah would speak, um, I don't know if he sung, but he definitely also employed poetry um, as a form of giving a vision and a picture of what God might be doing and what God might do in the future, that they might have hope rise up in them and that they might trust their God. And there's this one particular poem that um, in your Bible will have the header, uh, Joy of the Redeemed, where Isaiah is doing exactly this. And he says things like, the parched land will be glad, the wilderness will rejoice, the wilderness will blossom, eyes that are blind will be opened, and deaf ears that cannot hear, they'll be unstopped, they'll be unblocked, they'll be able to hear again. And then, in this particular poem, the next line comes up and says, The lame will leap like a deer. The lame will leap like a deer. Which has particular relevance to where we're heading today. Fast forward about 800 years, and we land in Acts, where we've landed this week in our New Testament reading plan. If you would like to, you can pick up a copy on the way out, if you haven't already. Um, Many of us are on the YouVersion Bible studying it, but we would, the more the merrier, spread the word. It's amazing every day just to read, to listen to the scriptures, knowing that you're in great company with a great community of people who are following along and tracking with you. If you find any that are followed like paper aeroplanes, that is definitely my son. It is a clear indication that he has been present in the building. Um, but 
fast forward eight hundred years later, you will find we find ourselves in Acts as we are in our reading plan, and it kicks off by um, Jesus talking to the disciples, and then the Holy Spirit being sent, the church being established, and um, all this exciting stuff gets going, and, and, and we're we're right into it. It's action packed, and then if you recall the reading from yesterday, who recalls the reading from yesterday? Oh, so Saturday's the slow day, is it? I see. <laughs> That's excellent. Well, let me inform you that the reading yesterday was Acts chapter 3. So we find ourselves there. Just after the Holy Spirit's come, the church is established. The people are excited. People are wondering what the heck is going on. And then we meet Peter and John. Now, all throughout my notes, I've got Peter and then and John in brackets because Peter's kind of the main character of the story and... If you read commentary and, and that sort of thing, I'll kind of tell you maybe Luke, who wrote Acts, put John in this particular passage just for the normal first century um, Jewish tradition that you needed at least two people to be a, a witness to something. So it's, it's and John. And that's kind of okay. I think it's okay to pick on John because John was quite happy to say that he was the disciple that Jesus loved. So, you know, good on you, Peter. Have, have you go, mate. But anyway, I digress. Um, so we find Peter and John. After all this exciting stuff's happened, the Holy Spirit's fallen on God's people, and they're heading up to the temple to worship. And as they head up to the temple to worship, they cross paths with this lame beggar who everyone knew who that person was, because he'd been there for as long as anyone could remember, trying to get people to give him money so that, I don't know, he could look after himself, feed himself, take care of the basics and he was at this gate called beautiful and then if we pick up from verse 3 he says when he saw Peter and John about to enter the temple he asked for money Peter along with John remember John was there looked straight at him and said look at us so he turned to them expecting to get something from them but Peter said I don't have silver or gold but what I do have I give to you. And then he says, In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. He grabs his hand, get up and walk. And then taking him by the right hand, he raised him up and at once his feet and ankles became strong. So he jumped up and he started to walk and he entered the temple with them, walking, leaping and praising God. All the people saw him walking and praising God. Remember I said everyone knew who he was. They recognised him as the one who used to sit begging at the gate of the temple. And they were filled with awe and astonishment. Awe and astonishment at what they had just seen happen to this man. Isn't that incredible? Like, Chris, imagine if I just grabbed your hand. Imagine you couldn't walk and I just grabbed your hand. Don't miss that key detail. And we were all sitting here watching it. I was going to say, imagine Chris as a lame beggar, but there's just no way. Just no way. But what a sight to behold. What an incredible thing to happen. It's kind of got that sense of awe and wonder that, that some of us in certain seasons might really hope for, like really cry out to God for, might have a sense that, hey, that stuff used to happen, and it doesn't anymore, or I haven't seen it happen.
and where I know there's people who I love or who are friends or whoever else. And, and they're going through stuff and why doesn't God get in there and fix it? So I think we have a sense of, of just the enormity of this and just how amazing it was. And the key takeaway from that passage, the key thing that I want us to walk out of here today remembering is that all that we have to give, think about Peter for a moment, all that we have to give is Jesus. That's all we have. Doesn't matter what else we have. Doesn't even matter if we had the money on us at the time. It doesn't even matter if we could feed that guy for a thousand days when we walked past him like Peter walked past him. All we have to give is Jesus. And that, I believe, is what God would have us remember as we leave this place today. All we have to give is Jesus. So Peter and John, don't forget John was there, were just having a normal day. Probably the first thing, as I read through that passage, this is the thing that, first thing that stands out. It says, they were just having a regular day. It was a little bit spectacular, possibly a few moments ago, if, it was direct, if the event was directly after um, the Holy Spirit coming in, and in Acts chapter 2. Um, but if we forget that aside for a moment, it appears that they were just heading, having a normal day. They were heading up to the temple. It was that time of day. It's what everyone did at the time. Someone else who was having a normal day just a couple of weeks ago was my wife, Beck. Are you scared? I don't, I don't think I told you. I don't think I told you I'm telling this story. But that's okay, because it's not really about you. It's about Jesus, isn't it? And it's about our neighbour, so that's fine. But Beck was having a normal day. Um, a few weeks back, she was across the road talking to our neighbour. And our neighbour mentioned to her um, that she was selling a car. The kids are growing up. The youngest is almost out of high school. So it was time to uh, get rid of the Tarago, so to speak. And um, she happened to mention to Beck in the middle of this conversation that she wasn't very familiar with the modern ways of selling. That's a very diplomatic way to say she didn't really want to or know or get fussed with the technology that she would have to use to get rid of her car. Which is okay, that's fine. But she, wasn't, uh, she wasn't up for it. Um, and so she said to Beck this, this really particular thing. She was just like, I'm just praying that someone will just come straight to me and buy the car. So I don't have to worry about any of that stuff. And I, and, I mean, she tried. I mean, if you've ever sold a car in car sales, I think, it takes about two hours to fill out the form to get it on there. Um, she, she said she tried Facebook um, Marketplace and Facebook groups, but no success. She put an ad up on Gumtree and she had to take it down after 30 minutes because she got two, two scammers in 30 minutes. I checked. Both of their names weren't Ralph, so you can definitely continue to purchase from the Gumtree Platinum seller over there. So she was, just, she was just like, I just really pray that someone will come and buy it the car straight off me. I don't want to have to worry about all that sort of stuff. It just brings stress in my life. Now, you might have caught me a moment ago saying that she just prays that someone would come and buy the car. All we know, I think this is right, is that there's some form of a background with faith. Like, she will have gone to a church at some stage. She kind of, she knows how to talk the language with us, you know, that sort of thing. She's aware that we go to church and what we do. Um, but we're not currently really sure where she's at, um, you know, and from what, from what we know of her, there could be plenty of opportunity um, for hurts in the past or things to go wrong, stuff that could have affected how she used God today. It could have been 
this, it could have been her last shot, you know, things could be going along great, or it could have been the last shot, you know, the last shot, the last shot that someone takes when they're just like, all right, God, if you don't do this, I'm done. Could have been that, we don't know. But what I do know is that days later or whenever it was, um, Beth just had the thought cross her mind, I was just like, oh, yeah, mum and dad are looking for a car. And so, she just like let them know, said, and, and they looked a few times, they'd come up, they couldn't find anything that they liked, and then uh, it's a surf car too for Bex out here, a legend, legend surfer, probably still wishes I could surf, but that's okay. The other brother-in-law can take care of that. Um, and uh, and Beck just was of the mind, just had a conscious there, and just mentioned it to her, to her folks, and said, hey, lady in the crossroads selling car, maybe she'll be back. And they did. And they bought it just last weekend. So, there you go. Right there is a prayer answered. Someone was praying for that to happen. Someone may have been hanging their faith on that. And just the simple gesture to be present of mind to go, oh, person A over here, person B over there. I don't know, God could be in this, let's, let's just, I'll just mention it and make it happen. Beck offered the hand of Jesus, figuratively speaking, simply by acting on an opportunity, simply by acting to make a connection that might possibly be in something that actually, quite literally, blessed someone directly the way they were praying. All we have to give is Jesus. All we have to give is Jesus. Now, as I said earlier, Peter and John were having a regular day. They were walking up, doing their normal rhythm or routine, and they were worshipping at the temple. So think about that for a moment. Just the normal stuff happening, the lame beggars there asking. He's kind of sitting outside the temple, which implies that there's a whole bunch of people inside the temple worshipping and doing what they're supposed to do in the temple. And that reminds me of this other thing that happened a couple of weeks ago, but it wasn't at home with our neighbour, it was here, at Village. And I'm a little bit unsure how many of you will um, have a light bulb moment and tell this story, because it kind of happened when we were all singing with our eyes closed. But it kind of went like this, there was a lady named Lisa, and Lisa arrived at the gate, and she was peering in, she didn't want to come inside the gate, that gate does look a little bit menacing now that I Cast my eye on it. Um, and she, and I just noticed her out of the corner of my eye, because as I said, we we're all singing, we we're all eyes closed, worshipping God inside the temple, doing what we we're supposed to do. And uh, I caught her out of the corner of my eye, I thought, no, no one's seen her, that's cool, that's fine. I'll just head over and see what she wants, make sure she's okay, see if she wants to come inside and join us. And she shared with me that. Her and her cousin, who was sitting outside in the car at the time, had just been kicked out of their accommodation. I think they were staying with family and it was just, there was a real bad conflict and out was the best option. Um, and they'd been put up somewhere, so that part was okay, but they hadn't showered in a couple of days, which I couldn't figure out because they'd been put up somewhere. Um, and they hadn't, had, they had hardly any clothes and they needed to wash their clothes. And then that's when I started to figure out why they hadn't showered because they didn't really have anything to shower with. And so 
I'm standing there thinking, this is like 30 seconds before it's my turn to pop up and lead us through some prayer and share the next thing that we're doing together as a group. And I look and I'm, oh, this is more important than that. And we've got much more capable people who can do that. So Ralph popped up, which is fantastic. Led you all through prayer and I sat there and heard more of this story. And going through my mind, there's all these sorts of things. It's just like, oh, I can't, we can't get out money. We don't have money. How else can I help? Oh, I don't know how I can help. What's the diplomatic thing to say? Maybe, is she telling me the truth or is she just trying to waste her time? She's looking to score some, some dollars. I don't really know. And then right in the middle of all those thoughts, Jesus just goes, hey, stop. Kind of arrested my mind. It just goes, who cares? I was just like, you're right. Amazing. It's like, who needs deep revelation when you just get smacked on the face with something that's plain and simple? And so, and that was it for me. I was just like, right, okay, out we go. Came in, set her up with a cup of tea, and then straight down to, I'm like, I've got, I've got money. I've got things I can do. We've got shops down the road, so straight down. And I fixed them up with some... Um, washing detergent and shampoo and conditioner and those sorts of things so that they could clean up, have some fresh clothes and, and be on their way. And so when I come back with the bag, I thought, you know what, it'd be really good just to say hello to the cousin. And so I go up to the car to say goodbye, see them off with their goods and say good day to the cousin and then he was really warm and friendly. We had a, a good little chat there for a second and then Lisa was just like, whoa. There must be something about you because he does not talk to anyone he doesn't know. And I was just like, oh really? Well, it wasn't me at all, was it? We just established I wasn't really in the mood to help out in the first instance. It was definitely the Spirit of God living inside me who was like, come on, let's go. This is what we're here for. And all I did, all I did was listen to the prompting of the Spirit. I offered out the hand of Jesus by acting on the Spirit's prompting. All the other stuff can get sorted out later. You know, we're gonna meet again next week. We're gonna keep rolling on with gatherings. We're gonna keep rolling on with our worship of God and our regular rhythm and all those sorts of things are gonna keep happening. That's that one opportunity, right on the doorstep, to actually do what God has put us here to do. And all it was, was surrendering my own desire and acting on the prompting of the Spirit. I offered the hand of Jesus that way. Simple as that. And that's what these stories remind us of. So that's what is better in the middle of this passage of Scripture, is that all that we have to give is Jesus. Jesus is the true hero of this story. Most of us know this, but it's such a good thing to be reminded about that it was Jesus whose name was proclaimed before that healing occurred. It's Jesus whose name we proclaim today as we encounter God together. It's Jesus whose name we go out in the power of to witness to and to minister to and to bless and to love and to serve those who don't know him yet. Those who he desperately wants to receive his love and his grace. And think about this. This story happened. The lame beggar was healed just after Jesus had ascended back to heaven. Just after he had risen from the dead. Just after he had died 
on the cross. It's way after Isaiah said that the lame will dance like deers. I haven't seen a deer dance. I know Claire's an excellent dancer. Can deers dance though? Do you know that? Oh, there you go. That's epic. So deers must be able to dance. There you have it. On good authority. It's Jesus showing himself as the fulfillment of who everyone's talking about. The Messiah, the Saviour, the one that God would send as the gift and the promise and the fulfillment of everything that God would desire to do to rescue to redeem us, to make us whole, to restore us. And by restoring that lame beggar right there, it's as if Jesus is saying, I haven't left. I've never left. I'm not going to leave. I am real. I am living. I am rescuing my people. I am restoring them to wholeness, to fullness. And there will come a day where everything that is fractured and wrong and broken with this world and each and every one of our lives will be completely perfected once and for all. And he puts a healed lame beggar just after he sends his Holy Spirit to remind us afresh and anew and once again that that is who he is and that is what he desires to do in our lives and in the lives of those he connects us with. The awesome part about all of that, which is a massive understatement because there's no way we can understand how awesome that is, are the glimpses we get and the clarity of it through the gospel, the news preached that this is who Jesus is and this is what Jesus does and this is why Jesus did it. The little detail I want to share out of that is he does the heavy lifting. I mean, I mean, the lame beggar could have been a heavy dude. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But I'm guessing not. I'm guessing he would have been a bit lighter because he hasn't really walked around a lot. He's got to ask people to give him money to, to help and all that sort of stuff. So he might have taken a little bit of muscle to pull that off the ground. But did Peter heal him? Jesus did. Jesus does the heavy lifting. He's just looking for us to be available and to be aware, really. That's what we've seen out of these two stories that I've shared. Available and aware. If you're there, and you, and you kind of have an inkling of what the Spirit's doing, that's all that's needed. Jesus does the heavy lifting. The hard part, the impossible part, really, it's not on us. It's on Him. And He delivers. Because that's who Jesus is. A theologian, a bit of a legend actually, John Stott, he rescues most preachers from all the confusing bits most weeks that they have to get up and preach a sermon has this amazing quote that I stumbled on. And he said this, he said, the power was Christ's, as we just said, the power was Christ's, but the hand was Peter's. Stew on that. It's like our service of God reflects God himself in that God is a Trinitarian God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and they exist in this kind of dance that happens where they love and serve and exist as one and as three. 
And in the same way, our service to God kind of reflects that dance. There's a, the power is Christ's, but the hand was Peter's, that it intrinsically linked together the Christ in us and Christ through us, but us living it out and doing it and responding and obeying, and being aware and available, kind of go together. They kind of make this dance. They, they kind of actually see God's love in action lived out for whoever's receiving it. And so the question that we're landing on now, which is a bit of a challenge or a thought to take away or an action step or a next step as we like to um, talk about here at Village is, who can you offer this hand of Jesus to this one? What interests me about the story about Lisa and um, the story about the lame beggar is that they were both on the periphery, they're on the outside, they're on the margin. You might have heard it said before. And it just fascinates me that that's where Jesus was in that moment. That's where the power of God was in the margin, on the entrance, outside, where the beggar, like, on the perimeter of where the beggar was not allowed to be. In fact, I think there's like 38 or 40 miracles or something that were performed in Acts. I think one or maybe two. You can fact check me on this in J.D. Greer's book. Um, but uh, one or two happened inside. The rest outside. And so like Ralph said earlier, we come to celebrate this salvation that we have and we've received by the grace of God alone. We come to encourage each other and enjoy who God is and his presence amongst us here. But the main event where God demonstrates his power with absolute divine force is most likely going to happen outside of here. And that's okay, because that's the way God designed it. And that's the way God shares the story. And that is where God needs us to be so that people can meet and know and love and trust Jesus. And so, who can you offer this hand of Jesus to this week? What we're going to do now, as we meditate, let that stew, think about that, is we're going to pair up. You're welcome to pair up with the person next to you. If you look to the left and think, oh, I really didn't make a good seating selection today, you can just turn to your right. There's another option. Which would be really awkward considering <coughs> those who are in a relationship or married or sitting next to each other. But we're gonna we're gonna spend the next few minutes just pairing up with someone. We're gonna pray for each other. We're gonna pray that we would be filled afresh with God's Spirit. We're gonna pray that God's Spirit would make us aware of someone in our sphere in need. And we're going to pray that God would empower us to offer the hand of Jesus to that person. You might not even know who they are. It might not have dropped in your head. It might not drop in your head until tomorrow morning or Wednesday. Hopefully before Friday. Because as we learned at the start, Saturday's the quiet day. And no one's really doing much on Saturday. <laughs> Didn't know it was Acts chapter 3. So we're going to take a few minutes now to do that. So pair up and we're going to pray. It would be filled with God's Spirit.
that we would be made aware of someone and that God would empower us to offer the hand of Jesus to them this week. So pair up, we'll pray together and we'll call things back in.